It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much, man. I just got back from camp yesterday. I'm going... Heading out here after we get done recording, actually, to uh, another day of camp, uh, and I'm happy to report everything I'm seeing. Good. And let's let's kind of dive right into that practice yesterday because I feel like we got a lot of news, or a lot of newsworthy things to talk about. The first thing we have to talk about is uh, the defensive ends. They took a hit yesterday with Robert Quinn. From all indications, he's been having a fantastic camp. Uh, went through a bag drill yesterday, I believe is what happened, and fractured his hand um, after practice. Stephen Jones said that Quinn needs to have surgery, but the expectation is that he'll be ready for week one. Um, so, Landon, just a couple things for you. Number one, how has Quinn looked at practice? And number two, how much does this kind of set the Cowboys back, not having Quinn for the next maybe month or so? Well, Quinn's looked great. I mean, I think you know, there's been kind of a uh... – uh, a pushback a certain to a certain degree uh, up on this whole situation because he's been going against Tyron Smith at times and you know guess what he he didn't he doesn't look great against Tyron Smith all the time like ninety nine point nine percent of the league right, um, right you know he but if you watch him in the bag drills and, and all those things like you could tell he's very fluid he's very uh, quick off the ball. Um, he's clearly a, a guy that is going to give in, come and be able to come in here and give you some solid pass rush uh, snaps when you need it. Um, so yeah, losing him is is not great. I mean, if the good news is like you mentioned, it sounds like it's kind of a similar break to the uh, Marco Murray one, Marco Murray one, which I think will yeah. you know hopefully limit him and bring him back sooner than later. Yeah, because if they, you know, they're they're hurting for defensive ends right now. There's no Demarcus Lawrence in camp. There's no Tyrone Crawford. Uh, they need Robert Quinn for the season. They need him to be 100% healthy for Week One. So it's going to be interesting to kind of monitor that. The only positive, and it's not really really a positive, but we're getting to see some more snaps of some of the other guys behind Robert Quinn. Sure. Um, and that kind of leaves you know a lot of snaps open for Dorrance Armstrong and Taco Charlton. And let's let's go ahead and talk about Armstrong because. From you know just everything that's been kind of put out there, it seems like Armstrong is the player maybe making the biggest leap on defense outside of Xavier Woods. What have you seen from Armstrong so far through camp? Oh, he's he's been incredible. I mean, I think we talked about it you know during the off season of who we were hoping to see kind of step up, and I think you saw a lot of it last year at different times, and it, it didn't really translate to the field uh, the way that we hoped. But the difference is is that he is 
this is every day. Like, he looks like one of the better players on this team. I mean, he's performing in training camp like he is one of the better players on the team. Um, I mean, in a way that, like, Robert Quinn and, and, and Randy Gregory, you know, <laughs> may lose snaps to this guy. Like, well, let me I mean, ask you this. If, if he had to start week one, how do you feel about that? Great. I mean, I've okay. got no, no problem. No, I mean, I okay. think, I, I, you know, look, I think you've got Malik Collins, you've got Demarcus Lawrence. You know, I think what you need is a solid guy who isn't going to embarrass you, who's going to be able to take advantage of one-on-ones uh, uh, as he comes. Because that's the thing is that, you know, even with Robert Quinn, one of the reasons he wanted to come here is because he knew that a guy like Demarcus Lawrence was going to eat up a lot of those double teams that he felt feels like he has been getting. Um, and I, I think that, you know, even with Armstrong on the way he is, like he's young still, but I think he can give you uh, good snaps, especially against. I don't know. I don't even know who's playing left tackle for the Giants anymore. But I guess I bet traditionally I think it's Nate Solder, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, then yes, I feel good about Torrance Armstrong <laughs> okay. uh, getting some some quality pass rush snaps against. I mean, again, it didn't translate the way we wanted it to last season, but that doesn't mean that it won't this year because the uh, regularity in which I mean he. Embarrassed Lael Collins yesterday. Embarrassed him. Like, in, in, I mean, not 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 overall, but in the first rep in in compete, like I, I let out a yelp that was like, I mean, he pushed him onto the ground essentially. Uh, my my question for you next is for you, Landon, is what is his best move at this point? You know, in his second year, is it bending around the edge? Does he does he win with speed to power? What is he doing really well? I, I think what he's really doing well now, as opposed to last year, he can do a little bit of everything. But the the thing is, is, is that he's he's stringing it together. Like he's he's figured out a plan, and that's that's what I think is different. Is that he. Uh, you know he'll take you he'll take you outside and i think you know like like uh like with with tyron you know he can he, he first of all he's getting off the ball a w- w- way better than he was last year which is not yeah, that he was doing that not that he was yep. bad about it but he's been really good about it this year and now what he's doing is he's pairing that with with the counter you know he's he's getting off the ball quickly he's making tyron overset and then he's spinning back inside uh not like a taco spin move but an actually effective you know get up field first and then spin back inside move you know and, and that's just one i mean i i just think he's learned to string together Moves. He has a plan in, in a way that he didn't have before. Now, again, having a plan on multiple on on consecutive reps is one thing. Having a plan for a professional offensive tackle, you know, for sixty minutes is another. So mm-hmm. we still right. need to see that. Um, you mentioned Demarcus Lawrence just kind of really quickly. Uh, we know he's not practicing. Is he doing anything on the sidelines? How how does he look? Is is he still a long ways away from kind of practicing? Uh, I mean, I think that it's honestly the, the the vibe that I get about Demarcus Lawrence and Byron Jones is wh- why are we why would we do this right now? I, I I get the feeling that they're fine, you know, like they're that they. I mean, honestly, like Byron has been on the cords the entire time he's been here, which to me indicates he could have come back any time now. Frankly, right. um, I'm about I, Crawford. Okay, and, you know, Crawford and Lawrence they're never dressed out, but they're always in, at practice. Like so, they're always on the field on the sideline, like there and watching and you know helping and uh, you know I, I just think that really they've kind of taken the honestly like the more and more I watch these practices, the more I'm starting to get the feeling that they're taking this purely as evaluation at this point. 
you know they're they're installing and they're and they're talking about the things that they are putting into the offensive defense and practice in meetings but i mean look at look at who's out there currently i mean it's mm-hmm. it's martin and and frederick and all these guys are all getting sat pretty regularly I mean, you know, uh, Cooper's got a heel bruise and he's not practicing at times. I, I just think that what they're doing is they know what they've got out of these guys. And I think yeah. Quinn's, I mean, Quinn, you know, he has he has that surgery. That's a different story. But I think even then they were giving Quinn time off. You know, I, I even think Quinn was a certain situation. I think right now they're trying to get all these guys as much opportunity as they can to see what they've got, get them ready for this, you know, first preseason game and then, reevaluate things next week and you know it's not just a a cowboy thing either them being overly cautious with these guys we're seeing it across the league where i I can remember just a few years ago you would see the starters for most teams play in the second preseason game and then you would see them play at least till halftime in the third preseason game sometimes into the third quarter it seems like last year kind of things flipped there was teams that were playing no starters at all during the preseason. They were treating the first two games of the regular season as a preseason. I think teams are a little bit more conscious of keeping their guys healthy for when the games matter. Don't use them up in meaningless preseason games, especially when they're already proven. Like, we know what Amari Cooper is. We know what Demarcus Lawrence is. There's really no reason to put them in live action until they have to be. Uh, so it, it just kind of seems like a shift, not only for the Cowboys, but across the league. Uh, care to comment on, comment on that really quickly before we move on? Uh, I'll just add in that I saw a video of Byron Jones on the on the field doing a forward somersault for fun. So I, you know, you don't you don't really do that if you're an alien person with a bad hip. <laughs> yeah, and you, you're right. Um, let's talk about one more kind of trench battle really quickly. Connor Williams versus Malik Collins has been a fun one Man. to watch. Just kind of as a somebody on Twitter watching the clips, I always get excited when those those videos go up. Tell me what it's like at camp, Landon. It's 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 exciting because clearly both of these guys have taken a step from where they were last year. Um, and really, I think for for uh, for Collins, it's just being healthy, you know, fully healthy for the first time in a long time. He's uh, to me, I I've always seen this. Like this is the kind of talent we've seen in training camp these last few years. It it, it it translated a little bit as rookie year, but then it feels like you know he got the foot injury in the last kind of two years have really just been on and off. You know he's been good but not great. And I think if he's allowed to get all these practice reps finally and you know kind of stay healthy, uh, I mean I think I'm not exaggerating that he's playing Pro Bowl esque. You know I mean I I think we saw him. Going against a guy like Zach Martin and 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 winning at a rate that's definitely abnormal, you know. So right. um, I would say that I, I, you know I think that that's that's a good sign for him. And then for Connor, I mean, just seeing what uh, yesterday was the first time in training camp that I've seen um, him lunge at a at a blocker. At, at, at someone he's trying to block, the first time he's trying to do that bend at the waist lunge, and, and, and so, and I, to me, that's a good thing. Like he's gone all this whole way, and I've been watching a lot of his reps, and, and this was the first time he's really noticeably bent from the waist and kind of reverted back. You know, so I think he's done a really good job of trusting the strength that he's added. Uh, you've seen him. Uh, get into that position where he's anchored. He sit, sits it, sits it down, uh, and then just bows at the back and just absorbs the rush. Uh, and and the fact is, is that you know, 
with Zach Martin out here, Collins is killing everybody, you know, except for everybody. except for Williams. And so the the fact that they're having a back and forth to me is really maybe the best example in this camp of iron shop, sharpening iron. Yeah, I think Connor Williams taking the, the a big step would be just massive for the Cowboys' offensive line because we saw last year that was you know throughout the season if there was one spot that was going to give them problems it was the left guard spot so seeing Connor Williams add strength uh, battling with you know a really good player Malik Collins I don't think there's any doubt that Collins can be a high quality starter when he's healthy yeah uh, this is all good news for Dallas real quick um, real quick go just ahead because I need to circle back and I just we don't need to go onto it too much but I forgot. We do need to mention, as much as we tried to bury Taco the other day in the show. Oh yeah, yes. I'm sorry, I forgot about. He that. had ahead. a really great practice the, the, yesterday, and I and I and it really like it really, I don't know, looked different. So I don't maybe he's turning it around or figuring it out. Now he did get a little banged up. It looked like uh, somebody kind of maybe took his shoulder out of socket. I mean, because he was holding which his shoulder. Which he's had problems dude. with, which stinks. But yeah, but. Um, but I, I, I will say that I noticed he was noticeably better yesterday, and I, maybe Good. it's a reaction to the fact that he got knocked to second team, and Dorrance Armstrong's running with their first team as the right defensive end. Yeah, Taco's one of these guys that I'm going to be really interested to watch in the preseason because I think he is a player who needs to have a good preseason in order to build confidence. He right? should. All- I mean, he should be having a good preseason against the guys that he's going against. Like he is a, t- a talent echelon above them. If he's not right. having if he's not having at least some success against these guys, then we really need to start questioning what's going on with him. Right, and I'll even go the opposite way. I think a really good preseason for him will give him enough confidence where they maybe Absolutely. the Cowboys feel like he's building on uh, maybe what we saw as a rookie. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about two fun players on offense. We'll start with Tony Pollard. Seems like every single day on this podcast we're talking about him. I think there's a lot of excitement building with Pollard. Uh, Landon, you got some notes on Pollard from yesterday's practice. What, what's going on? Well, it's just you know after our whole conversation yesterday about uh, who's you know who's who's starting, who's taking the first team reps, and we were talking about how Jackson was taking just as many reps, if not more, than um, than Morris. Um, you know, it's Pollard who took all the first team reps yesterday as running back. Um, you know, so clearly you know, they have a role for him in mind, uh, but he's, you know, that's 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 going to ex- continue to be there right, even when Zeke gets back. And, and again, I saw yesterday them with two running backs in the backfield, mm-hmm. Alfred Morris and and uh, uh, Pollard. So again, I think this is a situation where we are going to see. Uh, Pollard, Pollard's a weapon. I, I tweeted this out. Like Pollard is a weapon, and they are determined clearly to use him. Uh, and and if and I think now that even means that if Zeke's not here, uh, they're at least getting a look at. Oh, well, hey, what what would it look like if uh, if we gave him starter reps, and and how how would he handle that? The, the impressive thing about him is that he's done all these things, right? Like. He's 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 been asked to do all this different stuff, and and I I mean I haven't really seen any situation where they've had to stop practice because he ran the route wrong route or he he he's looked like he didn't know what he was doing or anything like that. He's just doing everything correctly, like he's a like he's a vet. It's very, it actually makes you kind of sleep on him a little bit because. Uh, he's just so efficient at getting it through it all. And when you wake up and realize, oh my god, this guy's exciting, is when he gets his, the ball in his hands and he's cutting at full speed, and, and that's when you're like, oh wow, like this is this is this guy. 
Am I allowed to be excited about a running back? Absolutely. I, I think okay. you. I think you are because the the, the truth is is that he's going to get used uh, in more than just a running back. Like they're right. going to find ways to get him into the offense to get him the ball. Yeah, and that's why I'm excited is because that's the type of running back that I think can make a big difference in the NFL. I mean, if you talk to analytic people or whatever people that believe running backs don't matter. They will admit these type of players, the James Whites, the Alvin Kamars, the Christian McCaffreys, these guys are so much more valuable than a traditional running back, let's say a Leonard Fournette, because of all the different things you can do, the value in the receiving game, uh, the ability to create different mismatches. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think Pollard's going to be a fun guy to see how the Cowboys use him in the preseason. I, I just can't wait until – inevitably he's going to have one big play that gets everybody really excited in preseason, gets all the fantasy football people all excited. And I'm just – I can't wait for that moment to happen. Um, let's talk about another kind of fun guy on offense, Tavon Austin. Uh, I thought he had a good practice yesterday. I saw Jeff Kavanaugh from 105.3 The Fan. Uh, say that he's been the third best receiver on this roster in training camp behind Cooper and Gallup. Uh, what are your notes on Tavon? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kavanaugh is a guy to definitely pay attention to here with, with this stuff because uh, he's he's good with the wide receivers and he's been at practice every single day. And I agree. I mean, I think as much as we may want to be – as much as we are excited about – um, some of these down roster guys, and you know, I mean, I'm starting to see John Vea Johnson taking snaps with the first team punt as a fly guy, you know. So, I mean, obviously, they're mm-hmm. excited about him. I think that Tavon has clearly been one of the better receivers here and, and is not going to go away quietly, you know. And I think when he's allowed to get out there and, and uh, uh, run routes, he's effective and he's catching the ball in a variety of different spots, he's running good stop routes he's running good I mean, he's clearly running good flies um he's getting open in the short areas as well i mean i i i don't know that he's uh i don't i mean i think that you know when the when he gets the stop routes he's he's not getting much yak there i think you know there's you still if you want to if you want a big play out of him you got to get him the ball in the move you got to throw the ball to him deep which uh that's i mean so he's not you know uh, he's not the the kind of score from any anywhere kind of player, but I think he has more use now because he mm-hmm. is uh, he's not afraid to throw his body around, even though it's tiny. You know, I, I think he's not afraid to uh, run routes in the middle of the field, and I think as as long as he's staying healthy, I mean, I, I, it's hard to trust him on that. But I mean, he is just so dynamic with the ball in his hands, and I you know I reminded. I was reminded by as a punt returner too. Like they were doing a drill yesterday, and uh, it was kind of a short punt, and uh, it bounced and hit one of the the, the coverage guys uh, as they were kind of all circling near the end zone. And before I could even see him in the frame of my vision, uh, Tavon suddenly is at the ball, picks it up, and is up the field. Like because he knows <laughs> that as soon as soon as, as soon as the kick as soon as the coverage team touches the ball, there's literally no downside to trying to pick it up and run it because right. uh, there's no there's no rules on advancement. So I mean, he just boom boom had the ball and was literally up the field before anyone knew what was happening. Um, and you know, I mean, that's that's obviously awareness, which I, I I love that he has he's that type of player, but has that kind of awareness. Uh, but on top of that, you know, I think he brings something extraordinary. As a uh, as a punt returner and as a kick returner, 
I, I still think he's one of the best in the entire league at returning punts. When the ball is in his hands, it's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, he, he just has the stop-start quickness that not a lot of other people have in a league. And then once he gets in the open field, you're just not going to catch him. So, uh, I listen, I've said on the show a, a million times, I'm a huge Tavon Austin fan. I would love to see Tavon make the team and have a big role. I, we, when we did our review shows earlier this offseason, it was pretty apparent that Tavon was going to have a big role on the team until he got hurt. I thought he was really good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what Tavon can do this year. Listen, and with Tavon, I, I would just use him up until he gets hurt. He probably is not going to make it through the season, but as long as you have him. Well, his contract, not, his contract allows that, too. That's the best yeah. part about him this year is that his contract is such now that if, you lose, if, he, if, he, if, if he gets hurt, it's, it's, it's okay. not a you, huge loss. Yeah, And you're probably going to keep two receivers on the practice squad anyways, which – you know, might be a Jalen Guyton or maybe a John Vea Johnson or something like that. You know, you can bring one of those guys up. Um, just really quickly, Landon, uh, how are they? How has the team been using the, these receivers? Have they used any interesting releases off the line of scrimmage to kind of free these guys up? I'm sorry, say that again. And you cut out for a second. Uh, how are the, how have the Cowboys used these receivers? Have they used them in any you know interesting bunches or formations to try to get them some free releases off the line of scrimmage? Yeah, so they were working you know, in some kind of interesting stack stuff yesterday, where they had the, the wide receivers basically line up on top of each other and then uh, uh, working off of each other in duos for releases. And they, it was both wide receivers and tight ends. It was just really kind of an interesting thing that we haven't really seen them work on, and it wasn't so much in a uh, compete period or a team drill, it was more like in a skeleton, which is interesting because to me that, that they're working on that specifically skill as a skill set, uh, and I think that means to me that they're probably going to end up using it. Right. Um, and, and that's only going to help guys like Tavon and Randall Cobb, the smaller guys that maybe struggle to get off press. Uh, I'm excited to see that once we get into the season. Uh, I want to switch over to the defensive side of the ball really quickly, Landon. Um We've kind of heard whispers that the Cowboys have been uh, experimenting with some different formations and some maybe different personnel packages. Uh, just, I, I know they don't reveal everything to, in the open practices, uh, but do you think we're going to see some more exotic looks from the Cowboys this year on the defensive side of the ball? I do. I mean, I, I think we have seen a couple. Of, you know, there was a time that kind of, you know, kind of blew me away about how. Uh, you know they they were lining up in, in a regular compete period as I was walking just to kind of change spots, and I saw a a, a formation that kind of made me stop my, my tracks to take a picture. It was it was uh, Tristan Hill lined up kind of as a wide seven, lined up outside the tight end actually, so it was like a nine technique so like a defensive end a wide defensive mm-hmm. end yep and then they had a shade nose and then another either seven or nine technique it was, t- it was tough to t- tell but it was also a defensive tackle and then they had three linebackers who were kind of all peppering gaps like sort of like an amoeba defense right uh and, and the three people were you know layton jalen and then taco uh huh. but i also think that that was because of the time taco was the starting right defensive end Sure. So sure. Uh, I think it's – but it was interesting. I, I, I'm just wondering if, if we aren't going to see a little bit more innovation on the defensive side of the ball as well. I, I just – I think that it may not be just the offense that is adding new tricks to the to their trade. I, I think it may be the defense as well. That's very, very interesting. I, I'm curious to see if Chris Richard has more of an influence 
on the defense this year now that he's in his second year. Maybe maybe Rob Marinelli's going to let him design some more of the defense. Um, last thing before we go, uh, there's people that are worrying about Brett Maher. I know the, during the live session yesterday, uh, during the team drills, the Cowboys drove down the field, set up a short field goal for Brett Maher, and he missed it for the second day in a row. Uh, are you concerned about the Cowboys kicking situation? I'm, I mean, I'm concerned about, uh, again, I tweeted about this last night. I, I think the issue is not the percentage. The issue is just where he, where and when he's missing these kicks. The situation. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and, and where, meaning the distance, because he's missing, like, you know, short kicks at times. That, like, that should be gimmies, you know. And, 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 the, and, and also on top of that, in situationals. Like, in situationals where it's, it's, it's a two-minute situation and you, you need to score to win. But, you know, this in practice is what I'm talking about, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and they, you know, uh, they, get, they, they set him up and then he, he misses it. You know, so obviously that gives us a... a Heartburn, to say the least. I, I'm, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think he's kicking. Like I said, he is kicking uh, at the same kind of field percentage that he he kicked in the regular season. I mean, he's averaging something like five of six in practice, which is right around what he averaged, you know, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I. I think is it maybe do you bring in a guy to actually compete as opposed to just having a a, a camp leg? Yeah, maybe so. But I'm not. You know, there are people fully throwing up right now because because like, Brett Maher's kicking situation. I'm not quite there yet, uh, just because you know he could be have, you know, working through a bad slump. Th- th- look, this guy is not Dan Bailey, circa. 2013, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, or it was automatic once you're inside yeah, of 50. Like, I, I mean, this is, or 2000, I guess, 14. Um, this is like, you know, and no one really is. So I think the problem is that we kind of more need to reset our expectations of what a kick, a realistic kicking situation is. I, I think that's fair. I also think the Cowboys would be wise to at least. Maybe reach out to Matt Bryant and just sure. make sure he's in shape. Make sure, you know, in case we get to, if the preseason's a little rough, that, you know, he, he's ready to come to Dallas to, for a workout. But, so. you, but you've got to imagine that that's already done, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they yeah. know exactly where Matt Bryant is and those, I mean, they know where all those guys are. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's the case. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a couple next fun days of practice, and then we've got a game to get ready for on Saturday. By the way, this is maybe news to you and news to the listeners. From what I've heard, there's going to be all 22 available for preseason games. How excited does that make you? Like that? What? Yeah. Seriously? How excited is that? Yeah. Uh, At least that's what NFL Game Pass is telling us now. They've never let us down before, though, have they? Wow. Oh, no. No, no, yeah. no. Game Pass has never done any wrong. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.